I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome from Barangaroo Studios and welcome to the call between now and 1 p.m., We look at 10 stocks sent in by you and our expert panel gives you their verdict on whether to buy, sell or hold these particular companies. Every weekday morning during trading hours uh, between midday and 1pm is when you are on with the call. And today, a very big welcome to Kim Sater, Managing Director of Kimber Capital. Kim, welcome to to the call. And Mark Morland from Team Invest, who is joining us via Skype. Mark, good morning to you or good afternoon. Welcome to the call. Yes, good afternoon, Koshi. It's very good to uh, see you. This is a a first for me being on a video Skype call. (laughs) That is the way of the world at the moment, isn't it? I don't know how many you're on at the moment, but I have um, had to join um, video conferencing apps that I've never heard of before. I think at the moment, in the last week I've joined Microsoft Teams, Zoom, always had Skype. Uh, Blue Jeans is one that I had to do with one organisation this week. There are so many of them. It's ridiculous, Kim. Now, is it? It is the way of the world. And it's good to see that Mark's combed his hair too before he came. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And also, uh, via this, we get a bit of an insight into the abodes of some of our Correct. guests. Correct. Um, well. Admire the artwork behind him. Yes, I know. Thankfully, he's got his head in front of his artwork because it may not be uh, PG rated. All right, guys. Great to have your company between now and 1 p.m. 10 stocks, 60 minutes. And uh, we give you some direction on each of them. Let's get straight into it. Mark, let's kick off with Clean Away Waste Management. The, what is it? The largest waste management group in the company, in the country, 6,000 staff. Uh, a lot of people would um, run into those URM, big garbage trucks around most of the capital cities. What's your take on the company? Well, personally, I always try and avoid garbage companies. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this is one of those, but... It, look, it's, I had a look at it. It's never passed our filters at Team Invest, and the reason is its return on equity has never been above uh, 10% in its whole history. It's currently running at about 5.2. And return on equity is a one of the key measures we use. It's a bit, it's a simple one, uh, but we look at it as a bit of a speed limit on what you can get, expect to get as a return for the company over time. So it went, that's why we always go, we want at least 10 minimum, which is what Buffett's always said as well. Uh, apart, apart from that, it passes all our other filters. It's had about 12% EPS growth uh, for the last four years, uh, which isn't which isn't bad, and it's a, it's obviously an essential service, so it's not going anywhere. So you you wouldn't think the coronavirus, uh, the pandemic, would cause them too much grief, but uh, I don't know. But you wouldn't think so. Um, the PE's come down quite a long way, but it's still not cheap. It's on a 23 PE. It's come down from 35, and the low was about 19. Uh, from our point of view, I, if I was going to invest in this company. And I wouldn't because of the uh, return on equity. 
Uh, because it's got such low growth and over the long term, it's actually pretty low. The sales growth is only running at 2.9% a year. So it's very, very flat. So the only way you make good money out of a company like this is to buy it really well. So I'd want to be buying it on a lower, significantly lower PE. And you've got to be greedy in this market because there's so many bargains. Uh, I don't see this as being anything like a bargain at the current pricing. So I'd say mm. we, uh, for me, if I wanted to get a 20% compound return over the next five years on a margin of safety, uh, our price would be 83 cents, which wow. is about half. About okay, half about half what it is now. Kim, yeah. he's a hard marker, isn't he? I think he's overly hard. I mean, one of the interesting <laughs> things about this business is because the, the ROE is low because it's been the company's been reinvesting in the business. Yep. Okay, so it marks right in saying that the earnings growth is not spectacular, but it's very, very solid. So think about the nature of the businesses that these are in. These these guys have all of the or most of the council contracts for picking up your household domestic rubbish. So yep. okay, not big margins, but but steady steady income. They've got tox-free solutions, which is you know, ha uh, hospital and house and, and industrial waste. They also pick up all the cardboard and everything from shopping centres and cafes and everything. So that part of the business has been has, has been impacted. But where management are making strides and bounds um, is in the efficiencies of managing this business and making sure that they've got a flexible cost structure. But the other thing they're going into is energy regeneration. So they're taking the rubbish and they're going, okay, well, instead of chucking this in the landfill, yep. let's, let's make energy out of it. And that's what they're doing at the moment. So what you're seeing is a complete circular mm. investment cycle that, that, that's happening. I mean, it's, it, it is expensive, but you're paying for the quality of earnings. So it's about a dollar eighty-five or dollar ninety, something like that at the moment. And I think this could easily go to 230, 240. Right. Or not easily, but it could go to 230, yep. 240 as the, as the market, market readjusts. So there's some good growth in it over the next over the next 18, 18 months to two years. Not spectacular, but a good solid earner. Right. Um, what about the recycling issues as well? Is it caught up with that China not, not taking our rubbish? Is that, yeah, well, is that a way for it to expand? Well, that, that's, that, that's the whole thing is what do, you do, what do you do with it? You don't put it on a boat and send it to China. No. You've got to be a lot more creative in what you do with the, you do with the solutions. And that's one of these things about you know, energy generation. Like, Countries like you know um, Sweden, some of the Baltic states do. Singapore does it. They yeah. take their rubbish, they burn it, and they generate they generate electricity from it. Right. So um, that seems to be a natural the way to do it. Going the forward. natural way to way, way to do it. So okay. So I, so a tick from you. At, at these sorts of prices, yeah, I think you can be pretty 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 comfortable about um, about buying it. I don't I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a lot of downside in it. Okay. All right. Um, next one up. Um, Kim, what do you think of Catapult Group International? Of course, they're the wearable sports tech, and I can well, I'll put my AFL hat on. I've actually heard of them, and they're well. When you, done when you, when you think about there's no there's no there's no sport. No. There's, no, there's no sport. There's no earnings. I mean, you know, look what do you what do you, what do you, what do you do about that? I mean, I think I think with stocks like this, you've really got to wait and see what the company is going to say about its earnings going forward. Um, yep. You know, we're, nobody nobody really nobody really knows. So. We've got to wait for the um, wait for the uh, the AGM and the half yearly results. I think you can really, really really take some consolation out of what, what what's going on. I mean, you know, yeah. well, when's it AFL? should be fairly short term though, shouldn't it? A couple of months. When's AFL? When's AFL playing? Yeah, yeah. When they say when's the NRL kicking off again? I mean, yeah. you know, they're you know people 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 just don't. That's sort of like saying how long's a piece of string. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just think you just put these things to one side. 
it would be like buying a trying to ca trying to catch a falling knife. You know, you might get it half, you might catch it halfway. Yeah. But you know, the reality is, you really want to catch it when it's stuck into the stuck into the stuck into the floor, and it, it just simply isn't there yet. Right. Okay. Uh, I must admit, I, w I was amused with the EPL players overnight, English Premier League. Who have refused to take a pay cut because they, 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 they wouldn't be paying any tax, and that, it's, and it's that a, wouldn't be good for the country. Yeah, so I like that. Uh, Patrick Dangerfield from the uh, AFL Players Association must have read that, thinking, "Why didn't I come up with that excuse? That is just fantastic." So basically, they've said, "Keep us on full salary so we can pay the tax, so NHS, the healthcare workers, hospital staff can get paid out of our tax." Now that's a classic, isn't it? Is it? A, it is a classic. It's, it's one of the better, one of the better ones I've heard. That's for sure. I thought that was very, very imaginative. Now we've just—I think we've uh, still lost lost a mark on uh, Skype, so we'll catch him up. We're trying to get him back up at the moment, but uh, yeah, bear with us. That is the uh, the technology issues that we're all dealing with at the moment. Okay, so. No from Kim on Catapult, but a yes on Clean Away Waste Management. Mm -hmm. um, now, LaVisa, LaVisa Holding, jewellery retailer, expanded overseas. Got to say, there were some really big fans of LaVisa on the call last week. A couple of our panellists, as we well, were I'm, talking about different retailers, saying this is the best run retailer, one of them said. It, it, it looks good, but I'm not a, you know... Being a bloke, I'm not a keen shopper. <laughs> so, and what what do I know about jewelry? You could you could write on the back of a postage stamp. So, you, you've got to again look at look at look at retail generally. They've been closing closing stores, laying sure. laying off people like I mean, everybody, like yeah. like every, yeah. like everybody. So, they've um, you know they're not giving any guidance. Um, they've deferred their interim dividend. So again, it's a it's a it's a whole new it's a whole new world for retailers. I mean, you know, we're seeing. A change in people's behaviour during these uh, during the self isolation. So, don't know that people are going to go suddenly rushing back to um, back to shopping malls. And Lisa is one of those sorts of um, options, if you like, the discretionary spend. Where again, people are probably going to go. Well, you know, jewellery it can yeah. wait. Yeah, yeah, and it is going to change our habits as well, isn't it? It has, it was, it has to. It has well, to. one of the the pop culture indexes that you know these weird ones they go about has always been the lipstick index during re yep. recessions that usually lipstick sales go through the roof because mm -hmm. particularly uh, female buyers and um, a lipstick is just a little luxury that doesn't cost much and you will always buy it so it's always recession proof and um, I was fascinated last week mode the cosmetic mm -hmm. uh, Mecca the cosmetic chain said lipstick sales were down 30%. And I was thinking to myself, boy, this recession could be really deep if lipstick sales aren't rising and even going backwards. Well, the other classic one about recessions was always about the hemlines on women's dresses. Yeah, that's right. You know, as, 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 as we got into recession, the hemlines dropped. Yeah. And as we came out of recession, the hemlines rose. I, I mean, I, I don't know whether that's a good or bad <laughs> index. I can't comment. Well, well, it's funny now because everyone seems to wear their active wear 24 well, hours a day. They, don't they? Correct, so. correct. <laughs> You know, I think we've got Mark back yeah. on Skype. Have we got you there, Mark? Yes, indeed. All right. Got a, got a bit of a catch-up to, to go through. I won't tell you what Kim has, uh, his judgment on these, uh, these next two. So, um, it's all about your fashion sense, Mark. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Catapult Group, the uh, wearable, wearable sports tech. 
How do you yeah, like that? Well, from our, from our point of view, it's only got uh, five years uh, history. Uh, it's never made a dollar. Um, I, I had a look at their um, their uh, uh, half year report and so on, and, and they, they talk they talk a strong game, uh, but they've got five hundred odd teams, sports teams internationally. So you sort of question, you know, when they are going to make some money, and perhaps perhaps it'll be uh, in the next twelve months or once coronavirus uh, we've gone past that. Let's put it that way, because they they're heading that way. Um, they've also grown their outstanding shares significantly since they started from 118 million to 188 million, which is a lot. I, I presume that's from performance, uh, uh, sorry, for, uh, for um, uh, uh, rights issues or share placements to to raise uh, cash. They've got about 24 million in cash, so they're not at risk of going broke or anything. But I'd want to see uh, them making a profit before I'd be interested in uh, looking at it. Next one, LaVisa, the, uh, the jewellery retailer. I was saying to uh, Kim on the call last week, we um, had a couple of our panel really ravey about LaVisa and saying it's the best-run retailer in the country. Do you agree? Uh, it, well, it's got Brett Blundy. I think, I'm not sure he was the founder. He's the biggest shareholder, at least. Yeah. And he's, a, he's, a, uh, you know, he's a billionaire out of retail. So uh, he's also, I think he put $94 million into AH1 as well. But... Brett Bundy's got a fantastic track record. This, this business is actually quite a quite a significant business. I think they've got uh, 390 stores yeah. uh, internationally. Now, obviously, they're a retailer, so they're going to be totally smashed through this uh, corona period and uh, shutdowns. Um, but um, I, I like this business. Uh, it passes all of Team Invest filters. And, uh, you know, obviously, they're selling junk jewellery. It's down at the low end, um, you know, which should be fairly robust going forward, one would think. Um, and but I'd want to be buying it on a, on a, a low uh, or a single digit PE, and it's currently at uh, where are we now? It's on 13 at the moment. We're showing it returning about 21% a year on our default measures. So taking out coronavirus, just we treat that as being a one-off and an anomaly. Once they get back to business, it's showing about 21% per year return for the next five years, which is good. But yeah. I'd want to buy it at about 290 okay. to uh, greedy, and that would give me a 20% return on a margin of safety. Kim, Kim was questioning the buying habits of the public coming out of the coronavirus. Um, yeah. uh, is it going to be a sharp bounce back or, or has this changed us for years? Well, who well we, we don't know, of course. I think, I, think, I think it's fair to assume that there will be changes, but retail is retail. I mean, uh, are women going to stop buying jewellery? I mean, I can't see it personally. Uh, there are some businesses that might have some... Uh, some changes to how they operate uh, post coronavirus, but I wouldn't imagine um, uh, junk jewellery would. What do you think? Okay. What do you well, reckon? It's sort of like saying, "Will blokes stop drinking beer?" I guess not. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, what do I? What do? I, what do? I, what do I know? <laughs> exactly. What women want? That's a question. All right. Uh, so a mixed bag there. Um, next on the the list uh, for us, Kim Flexi Group, um, another one of the buy now pay later financial groups. Well, this one's been in the news for all the wrong reasons because yes. this is you know, Andrew Abercrombie's party in Aspen spreading, uh, spreading, spreading the COVID-19 virus. Look, it's an inter interesting business, but again, it's in, you know, if you look at, um, again, retail, buy now, pay later, what are the implications for this? Now, uh, I, I concur with uh, everything Kim said. Uh, it's obviously being priced to fail now. You know, the PE is down at three and a half. And it's been as low as two you know, during the coronavirus. But I agree that the impact of non-existent retail and unemployment 
absolutely going up. And, the, and if, if anything, uh, the rhetoric that's been coming out of the media and government is basically, well, you know, you shouldn't have to pay your loans if you're in a hard, if you're experiencing hard times. I, that can be nothing other than really bad for these guys. I would have thought, you know, from yep. a point of view of collecting their book. Um, so I, I would say, if you look at coronavirus um, uh, victims, as far as companies that are really going to get damaged, this is one of them. Now it's already been priced quite low, uh, but I agree with Kim. I think I have no idea of what that uh, what their default rates are going to be and what the implication mm. is. I think the two percent Kim mentioned is very very low. I think it'd be a lot worse than that, particularly if it ends if this ends up being a bit more protracted yep. and unemployment goes up into you know uh, into the uh, double digits, which is which a lot of the bank, even the banks are forecasting now. Um, I I think it's way too hard. You'd have to treat it as speculative. If you're going to treat it as speculative, you want to buy it a lot cheaper than this. Yeah. Maybe at about 20 cents or something. Okay. All right. But um, would, you, would you go into Afterpay as an alternative? No. No, Afterpay right. doesn't make any money. I mean, at least Flexi Group's a profitable business. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're very fussy like that. We won't invest in anything pre-profit. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, fit on our list of 10. You're watching The Call here on Ausbiz between midday and 1pm every trading day. Joined today by Kim Sader, Managing Director of Kimber Capital, and Mark Morland from Team Invest. Um, number five um, on our list of 10 today, Kim, Costa Group, the uh, fruit and vegetable group, Frank Costa's family business, quoted ex-president of Geelong Footy and, Club. And, and, and look what happened when they, when they fell foul of the mushroom trade. Yes. <laughs> It's a really, it's a, it's a difficult, difficult business. They, they, they've been caught up in the, caught up in the perfect storm of this, um, of having um, poor pricing at, in a retail, in a retail sense, being exposed to well, you know, mushrooms and and, and berries, yep. and then also having a balance sheet which is, um, which was stretched. So they've tried, they've tried to repair the, well, they have repaired the balance sheet by, by raising, by raising capital, but look, it's. Um, it's it's one that I again I, I look at it and I go where's the upside where's the upside in this? There's a lot of price competition in that um, in that in that um, wholesale food sector if you like in fresh vegetables. I, I just don't I just don't know that you really need to need to need to need to be in it unless you understand the business. It's agricultural risk. Yep. So I look at it and go yeah and no, I'll put that one, put that one to um, to okay. to, it to one side. So not All for right. me. All right, Mark. Uh, yeah, well, Costa Group is a, this is a complex business. When you look at what they do, uh, agriculture and agricultural products are always difficult because you've got so many variables that can get that can get you. You know, like droughts, weather. You know, there's millions of things. Uh, I was thinking about them from the point of view of whether the uh, coronavirus would be good or bad for them, and it's hard to it's hard to um, you know firm that up because it'll depend a lot on what happens to supply chains and whether there's impacts on spoilage for them. I mean, the supermarkets have been uh, doing roaring trades, so you know, arguably, it might even be—they may come out of it uh, with better numbers. The problem is for us at Team Invest is it fails on return on equity, stability, and debt. So it fails on three of our key measures, and it also lost 34 million uh, in F19, which is a lot, and that was pre-coronavirus. So this business hasn't been doing very well. Uh, we're showing six-year average growth rate at minus 40% on earnings, which is is, wow. is really bad. So no, I'd have zero interest in investing this at any price. Okay. It's one of the, it's one of those stocks that if they get, they just don't have a small earnings downgrade when they have a downgrade. They have a 
downgrade, downgrade. Yeah. And and that's been and that's been the his, that's been the history of the business. Why why this is still public is a bit of a you know is a is a bit of a mystery to me because you know the family floated it's done well, but it's it's just stumbled ever since it's it's been listed. I, I think this is better off in this type of business is better off in private ownership. Right. Now, whether... Family take it back again. Well, yep. either either that or private equity comes in and goes, yep. you know, the, let's face it, the barbarians are at the gate at the moment in terms of private private equity. And, um, you know, this is probably this is probably one which would be uh, which would be more suited to be in the hands okay. of pri- pri- private equity slash family than it is in, um, in public ownership. All right. Okay. All right. Five down, five to go on the call. We look at 10 stocks every afternoon between midday and 1pm. Let's recap, clean away the waste management group. We've got divided opinion on that. Uh, Mark quite likes it, Kim doesn't. Catapult struck out with both uh, uh, Kim other, and Mark. Other, other way around, I'm for clean away, he doesn't. Oh, you're, you're for clean yeah. away, okay. Um, uh, La Visa, Kim doesn't like La Visa, Mark does, thinks he can understand female shopping habits a bit better. Uh, and with Flexi Group, uh, struck out by Completely. both Kim and Mark and the same with Costa as well. All right, uh, number six, Reliance Worldwide Corporation. Um, Kim, this is sort of a plumbing group, isn't it? A water flow management type group? Well, a plumbing group, yes. Yeah. <laughs> water flow management fancy way of saying yeah, plumbing. Yeah, plumber. I mean, Essentially, this is all of the. the this is about the, uh, the, the that uh, shark bite uh, plumbing product that they that they have, which um, they've launched. They've launched globally in the U.S. and um, now in now in U.K., which has pretty much revolutionised the way that plumbers plumb. So you know, instead of having to solder things, it's all you know. The big jaws go around it, snap it all together, and it, and it holds. And it's simple, easy. Even you and I could do it. That's how easy it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know about that, but anyhow. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good, a good, good business, well run. Um, again, you know, share price has been under been under pressure. You look at the um, the high low for the uh, for the last year. Low's been a dollar sixty. The high's been five oh two. It's around you know two twenty two thirty at the moment. Um, I think I think there's you know again when we start to see some stabilisation. This is a good. This is a good business mm. to invest in. It could. It could go back up into the mid. Th- into the mid threes. Okay. So there's some good. There's some good opportunities. But right. you know, the trading remains very, very fluid in this. Right. Okay. All right. What do you think, uh, Mark? Um, yeah. No, it is actually quite good. It doesn't pass. Uh, we haven't. I don't think we've had it. We only had one coming to pass our filter <laughs> so far. Um, <laughs> which Which one is that? So I can rush out and invest in. Uh, it? Yeah. Yeah. La Visa. Which one? That's the only one. That's right. That's right. Um, th- uh, they've got three years of profit in the last, and they've been growing their EPS at about 26% a year average over the last three years, which is pretty good. Although I don't think it's a growth business. It's coming off a low base. You know, they came off from a virtually zero base. Um, but with, this is actually, uh, and their return on equity is now 10.8, so it passes, but this is the first year it's passed on return on equity. And the debt's been coming down. It was nearly 100, 100 was 132% in, in 2017. It's now down to 35. So that's, that's, uh, that's very encouraging. Now the PE is down at about 12.9 as of uh, Friday, anyway, and the price is 220. That's actually very cheap for the, for this business because this is a is really uh, I mean it's going to have some impact from the virus with maybe disruption to building and so on. How much that will affect them, I don't know. But if you if you forget about that, if you're taking a uh, an investment approach rather than being a trader, and you look at say the next five years, then in a year's time, 18 months time, that'll be all over, 
And then the question is, what's what's the is the company going to bounce back? And I would say absolutely. Whatever whatever the impact from uh, Corona was, I think it'll be absolutely fine. I think uh, I'd buy. I think it's buy now for anyone who likes it. it, it apart from the fact that, um, uh, from what I've already said, uh, we're showing returning 21% a year at the current price uh, over the next five years, uh, and that's that's assuming a terminal PE of 11, and um, you know that's that's pretty good. I mean, 20% plus on a margin of safety is, is very very good. You know, from okay. our point of view. I think the critical thing for this stock is just keep an eye on where housing starts are going, both in, right. the, U- in the US, Europe, UK, and Australia, and that'll give you some idea of you know how the how the how the trend's going. So, you know, at the moment, it's anyone's guess where that trend is going to going to go. But you'd have you'd have to expect in three months' time, you're going to see a bit of an uptick in in, in housing starts, and that'll probably give you some indication okay. of, of of the trend developing in this stock. All right, two big ticks. First yeah. one of the afternoon. Both mm-hmm. on the same page. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it depends on how big the page is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's one out of six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. It's got one right. All right. Let's have, see if we can make a two in a row. We're, we're going engineering now for a, the next couple of stocks. How do you pronounce it? Monodelphus? Monodelphus, yeah. Monodelphus Group. Uh, engineering, sort of mainly in the... Uh, a bit of a focus on resource, isn't it, Mark, as well, into that resource sector. Uh, what do you think of it? Uh, well, we know Monodelphus very well. It's been a, uh, a fabulous wealth winner for uh, Team Invest uh, members over the last decade. I mean, most of our members sold out of this company in about 2012, which was a bit early, but yeah, on the mining boom when it was going up. Monodelphus actually achieved a 50% compound return for 10 years, by the way, between 202 and 212 which was one of the highest performing companies on the ASX uh, through, through that period. Uh, it then came off heavily, you know, when the, uh, uh, the construction phase of the iron ore boom uh, abruptly stopped, you know, with oversupply and so on, um, and which they telegraphed very well. So we, we weren't in, that was no surprise from our point of view. They shifted heavily into oil and gas in 2010, and, uh, and they also shifted heavily into services. So they, rather than being relying on uh, new contracts and major contracts, they tried to smooth up their earnings and uh, get more reliable long-term contracts for maintenance, particularly in the gas business. And they've done that well, but of course that's a lower margin business for them. Uh, what's happened is in 2017, the, the, they start their earnings turned up um, and the market got really excited and the P jumped up dramatically uh, to 23 in 2017, 26 in 2018, 37 in 2019 on what you'd have to say uh, is poor or ne- negative earnings growth. So their earnings have been dropping the last three years. You know, 60 cents a share, 76, 53. And, you know, there's just no way it justified that kind of PE. So whilst the company is fantastic, it's founder-led, uh, Rob Valletri, the CEO, we know very well. I'd say it's the best engineering company in the country. It's been ridiculously expensive. Um, the PE's now dropped to 18.75. Uh, and by the way, that's still too way too high. You know, so the share price is $9.58 at the moment. And we're showing a negative return on it at the moment. So uh, for me, it would have to get down to about quite sub $2 you know, to be able to buy it again. And I'd be delighted to buy Monodelphus again. It's a fabulous company. Right. Uh, but it's still, it, the share price has held up incredibly well whilst they've had negative EPS growth for the last few years. Yeah, yeah. So even though it's trading around 10 bucks, you'd only buy it below two. Tell him what do you reckon, Ken? T- tell him he's dreaming. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
What do you reckon on the company, Ken? Well, uh, Mark raises some good points. Um, if you look at if you look at the um, return on equity, it's been running over the last two or three years between say fourteen and sixteen percent, which is pretty which, which is pretty good for the businesses that they're in. Good mixture of good mixture of businesses, good good management. They're sort of caught between a rock and a hard place at the moment, where they've um, withdrawn their revenue guidance um, for ten percent growth for the current current financial year. But um, if you have a look, at, if you have a look at the way the cash flow has been going in the business, and given the fact that we're going to treat this virus as a as an aberration, I tend to think that um, it's reasonable value at the moment. But if you could buy it, mm, I'm thinking probably um, you know more like around the you know somewhere between nine and nine, yeah somewhere between nine and ten would be would, would be would, would be reasonable value. I don't. Think the PE is all that expensive at these sorts of prices. Um, looks like about 13, 14 times. So, um, you know, it's got a reasonable history on, on 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 dividend yields. There has been some volatility in the earnings as they've transitioned out of out of business out of old businesses into new businesses. But if you look at the the, the composition of their business, they've got oil and gas is thirty percent, iron ore is twenty seven percent, infrastructure is thirteen, coal's eleven. And you know maintenance has also increased significantly, as well as construction. So there's a, you know, as one, if you've got a downturn in one, you usually got to pick up in the yep. pick up, pick yep. up in the other. So good, good, good spread. So I tend to think you could probably still see a share price of um, you know potentially north of thirteen dollars if things normalise. Right. Okay. All right. So if there's another pullback another in the pull- market. You, you, yeah, you'd back do. towards nine bucks. Look, if if this got to two dollars, it'd be we'd all walk out of here, turn the lights on, and lights <laughs> off, and keep going. Okay, all right. Sorry, Mark. Okay, well, if it's um, uh, Mark, the best engineering uh, business on the ASX, what do you think of Wally? Well, uh, well, just for Wally, I just take back what I said about Monodelphus on the price. Uh, I just read my notes, and I, and I misnoted it. It's six dollars seventy. I'll take. Okay, six seventy. Okay. 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 Yeah. Wally, they've just they've just given the uh, CEO of uh, of Monodelphus the uh, pack a whack a treatment when you said two bucks a share. <laughs> so okay. yeah, what well, about how does Wally okay, stack Wally, up? Wally is a company that we have looked at over the years, um, occasionally. Uh, it's quite a complex business. It's international. It obviously operates engineering, procurement, a lot in oil and gas. I think they even, I'm not sure they're still doing nuclear construction stuff as well, but they do. This is a very complex business. I'd say it's more oil, more hydrocarbons than anything. It's paying um, uh, 4% odd dividend at the moment. Its EPS growth average for the last six years has been negative 8.7. So, you know, it it, it hasn't been doing well. Um, Sales are down 19% average for the last six years per year average. So their revenue has been dropping uh, fairly heavy and of course that affects your, your profit. Return on equity used to be quite healthy, 15, 16, 17, now it's down to 4.3. It was 7.6 in 2018. So, you know, that's not very good. And uh, they're paying at about 44%, which is okay. And they've got moderate debt. So um, very difficult business to really analyze if you wanted to really understand how it uh, works. Uh, we're showing it returning currently on the current price about 2% a year, which is hardly exciting. Mm. And if I wanted to get 20%, I'd need to pay no more than 2.94, which is about half where, slightly below half where it is um, currently. Right. Not interested. What about you, Kim? Look, 
the, I think Mark makes a good point about the complexity of understanding Worley versus someone like Monodelphus, where Worley has a high concentration to, you know, as you were saying, oil and gas. In, in this type of business that you're in, there's always going to be pitfalls in various sectors. So you need that geographic and that diversity in earnings, which is where Monodelphus comes out on top of, top of Worley. Because you know, Worley in the good times shoots the, shoots the lights out. In the bad times, the backside falls out of the share price. And that's what we've seen over the last, <coughs> last three or four years. Um, I, I, you know, it's not, one that, it's not one that warms the cockles of my heart. Um, and if I had a choice, choice between the two, I'd be saying to people, um, have a look at Monodelphus okay. over, 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 over Worley. All right. Good to have them both in the list today, though, to compare it. Yeah, I reckon exactly. it's really good. good. So good, good idea. thank you for suggesting those. Don't forget, if you've got suggestions for the call tomorrow, just either email through the stocks that you want us to analyse, go to our Facebook page or on Twitter, and we will stick it on the list. Uh, number nine on the list of 10 today, IOOF, Financial Services. Um, Kim, you a fan of IOOF? This is one where it's my investment equivalent of the three-day-old fish. <laughs> stinks. Stinks. <laughs> Absolutely stinks. It wouldn't go, wouldn't, I, would, I wouldn't go near it with your money. Okay, Why? Well, you know, no, look, there was a there was a lot of fallout with this one around um, around the Hain Royal Commission, yep. you know, management, you know, mm-hmm. and the various practices. And yes, they can put their hands up and say that they've cleaned it up. I don't believe that they've gone far enough. Their, um, you know, that they've been um, their funds under management um, have been have been falling. Um, their balance sheet. Yeah, there's some question about how strong, just how strong their, um, their, their their balance sheet is. They're going to look probably going to um, need to raise some capital at some point. Their net inflows have been been impa- been impacted, um, and more importantly, their outflows have been uh, have been significantly um, significantly hit up. If you want to go into if you want to buy funds managers, the best one to buy is Magellan. Yep. You don't muck around. I don't want to say, it, but you don't muck around at this end of the at this end of the market because I think it's crap. Right. Okay. All right. That was uh, fairly blunt from Kim. Mark, are you as blunt on IOOF? Uh, yes, and uh, <laughs> it's worth mentioning, uh, worth mentioning what IOOF stands for. The original name was International Order of Oddfellows. Odd fellows. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is, a good, which is a good collection of what we got today. <laughs> yeah, no, obviously they, uh, they received star treatment at the Royal Commission, as, uh, as Kim mentioned. And they've got a vertically integrated model. And obviously they, they weren't used to being scrutinised. They didn't handle it very well. Um, the you know the, the share price has been smashed accordingly, of course. You know, so PE is now down at six. Um, will they survive? Probably. Don't know. Um, there's better choices in the market if you want to invest in a um, in a fund manager. I mean, if you want to, if you, the, the most similar one to them, I think, would be um, uh, would be Fid Fiducian, uh, mm. which is a, a very good company. You know, that uh, it's a smaller 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 cap company than these guys, but uh, run by a founder CEO and does a lot of similar things. So they're in wealth management as well, but also providing platform services and so on. So uh, I wouldn't consider IWF. Okay. Are you a Magellan fan, like Kim? Is yes, that a good very, alternative? Yeah, very much so. Uh, Magellan's been a, a superstar performer for us and yep. Team Invest, and nearly most members have them. We don't we don't invest in their funds. We 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 go for MFG, the, yeah, uh, the flagship company. Want to be no, investor? Yeah. Is, is that 
is that always a better way to go rather than the funds always. themselves always. always go with the management company always yeah. that's, that's, where, that's, where, the, that's where the founders have their have, have their investment so you know self-interest yeah. being the great motivator yeah. you know, you're going you're going where you know Hamish has got his money yeah yeah because yeah. this was a couple of years ago I read that over any 20-year period it's always better to invest in bank shares than any product they promoted to customers Probably, probably. This, is a, this is a similar, yeah, similar yeah. idea. Think, think about Westfield Holdings back in the day before they stapled their uh, their properties yeah. into the uh, uh, and the, the Westfield Holdings, the holding company, where the Lowys had their money. That returned well over twenty percent a year compound over about twenty years. Yeah. Um, now they had lots of tr they had lots of funds and trusts and so on, and they would have got market rates, you know, which would have been a lot lower than that. Yep. All right. Okay. Let's finish off with uh, in the airline industry. Air New Zealand. Mark, do you have a view on it? <laughs> okay, well, uh, Air New Zealand. Okay, let me just have a quick look. My question is, why are we bothering? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Air New Zealand not one I've ever looked at. Um, now, I think the, the interesting thing with Air New Zealand is that they've got, um, they've got a, a fairly high level of debt. They've got, they've got 124% uh, debt to equity, and that relates to 80% debt to market cap. Now, 80% debt to market cap, which I'm sure Kim would agree, is very, very high from a banker's perspective. You know, that's that's really, you're in super, super stressed, dangerous territory there and about uh, breaching covenants or whatever they are. And they probably may have already done that. Now, the government has bailed them out before, remember, after the, when they bought Ansett mm -hmm. and that all went pear-shaped. Yep. Uh, New Zealand government bailed them out. So will they bail them out this time? I, I don't know. I guess I, I would think so. Um, but their business has stopped, just like Qantas. And they're down to a P of 4.22. Um, and if life was good and, and they were flying around like they normally are, we're showing 23% EPS, uh, sorry, 23% compound growth over the next five years. But of course, the reality is their business has stopped dead and uh, they've got massive um, uh, cost still and they've still got leases on planes and all the rest of it. Same as Qantas. Now, Qantas is on a P of five at the moment, which has also uh, been hammered uh, extensively. Very difficult, though, to know how long it's going to take these companies to turn around. You know, if you're in New Zealand to say, you know, where you'd say, I can now predict earnings with some confidence. Yep. And, and Kim, it's a bit like you with retailing. Well, buying, uh, look, let me just habits. say about trying to buy an aviation stock at this point in time is like trying to drive down a country road looking in the rear vision mirror going forward. Yep. I mean, you, you know, you, you just got, you got no clarity about what's going on whatsoever. So how can you possibly say, you know, take the example of Qantas, you'd say, geez, a PE5 is cheap. Well, that P could be, you know, could be one. Yep. I mean, who, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Virgin, Virgin's apparently teetering on the edge. Needs 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 government support for 1.4 billion. Um, if it doesn't get that, does that mean that Virgin goes um, go, goes belly up? So, what yep. does that mean for Qantas? What does that mean for Air New Zealand? Nobody knows. Hmm. Nobody knows. We're going to have to get back to flying, though. You would think. You would you would think you would think so. I mean, you would you would suspect that once this is over, that there'll be plenty of capacity back in the system. Sure. The question is, what will the pricing of it be? Yep. You know, will people will people go back to their normal habits of jumping on planes and going places? Yep. I, I don't know. Would you yeah. want to go to Italy, even after it settles well, down, or be, Europe with all the? There'll, well, there'll be less less Italians there. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous at the moment, and that Mark that will have a big factor on on these airlines. Just number one, when the borders reopen, and number two whether anyone wants to, to travel anywhere after all of this. Well, you... well, okay, the way I look at it is I don't buy these arguments saying people don't want to travel. <laughs> the, yeah. I think it's going to be 
I think there'll be pent up demand. You know, the, the longer we're locked down, the more we're going to want to get out and go places. Hey, there's, I don't, some, I don't, there's, there's some cheap berths on the Ruby Princess going, mate. <laughs> I don't know about the cruise industry. I would not say the same thing. But my yeah, wife, no. I don't think I'll ever get her on a cruise ship again. And I, I'd worked hard to get her to do two cruises. Yeah. <laughs> so the, okay. the thing you've got to remember is these airlines won't stop flying, but they can go bankrupt. So yeah. Air New Zealand and Virgin could easily go bankrupt. I don't, I don't think Qantas uh, has, has any risk of that. But um, if they go bankrupt, the shareholders will get wiped out. And then yeah. what you have is the, either the government will take it over or they'll pri- more likely uh, they'll find someone like uh, one of the private equity groups to buy it really, well, really cheaply. Cast, uh, ca- and then they'll ca- be back flying. Cast yeah, your mind back, back, cast your mind back 10, 15 years ago, Macquarie Bank was standing in line to buy, yep. to buy Qantas. Yep. Almost yep. got, almost got there. So you know, there's a, there's a, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of similarities between the between this and 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 the types of businesses that you know yep. that private equity, um, you know, organisations want to want to want to own. Yep. So do you then, uh, Mark? Do you, by extension, keep out of airports as well? Uh, well, it depends on how much. No, not I would. They're not in the same category. Right. Uh, airports are obviously going to take a hit because they're they're going to lose a lot out of uh, retail rents with you know with the volume going down and not to mention all the landing fees and so on. Yeah. You know they're, they're definitely going to take a hit on earnings, but it's only going to be short lived. Um, oh. I, I think uh, Sydney airports and so on, um, you know, would absolutely be a buy at the right price. You know, it's a matter yeah. of working out what that is because they will take a short term hit. Yeah, Ken. Um, the, by the way, they shouldn't listen to what Qantas says because. You know, Qantas's advice to the government, they did a, Qantas did a brilliant job when ANSET went broke on uh, lobbying the government not to let Singapore Airlines buy them and, right. and, and help manoeuvre Air New Zealand to buy them who couldn't afford them, you know, right. which then follow up and went, then eventually went belly up over the because uh, they overstretched themselves. If Singapore Airlines had successfully bought uh, ANSET, it would still be flying. Today. I, think, I think the catch cry so on Qantas, that. You know, Qantas are going to play their own book, obviously, so they're not yeah. very helpful. Okay. Mark's catch cry was the right price, right. and that's exactly what it is. I mean, with with airport assets, the longevity of it, ninety nine year lease on Sydney Airport, yeah. You, if you're taking a, if you're taking a look through the the crisis thing in four or five years time, um, it'll be a good it'll be a good asset to yeah. own. I mean, it's well, it's got plenty of um, plenty of capital drawdown, so it's got headroom in its balance sheet. It is it, it's run as a trust, so it's got a lot of leverage in the balance sheet, but they've got enough. They've got they've got enough gas in the tank to get them through yeah. this. And and while we look at Air New Zealand, sort of a, a, a lot of the experts are saying to me, forget Air New Zealand, look at Air, Auckland Airport, Port, though, correct? Which is uh, probably a, a better deal if you want an aviation link coming out of New Zealand. Mm, mm, exactly, because exactly. they've got good uh, development potential. Well, in the case of, in the case of Auckland, they actually own the they actually own the land. Land, yeah. So yeah, again, Don't and, lease it like Sydney. and and apparently apparently they're the biggest property developer in New Zealand. So mm. you know there 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 you go. So. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's our our Tim for the day. Just to recap, uh, clean away. Bit of a split. Kim liked it. Uh, Mark didn't. Neither liked catapult. Um, Mark was a bit of a fan of Lavisa. Kim not so much. Flexi Group, no. Costa, no. Probably better to privatise it. Uh, Reliance, both agreed. Mm. Two ticks there. Um, Monodelphus. Monodelphus, uh, If it gets to 670 for Mark, it's around 10 bucks. Just a bit of a pullback for Kim. We're looking at Wally, don't touch. IOOF, don't touch. 
and Air New Zealand don't touch. If you want an alternative for IWF, maybe look at Magellan. Um, just quickly before we go, your view on some of the raisings at the moment. Ken, we've got a, a tidal wave of raisings coming. Okay, well, look at, look, look at how the market started with the capital raisings. We had Cochlear at, what, a 14% yep. uh, capital discount, Flight Centre at a 50% discount. So those, those two have really bookended the market. So everything's going to fit in between that. That's the pricing parameters. So if you, if you want to raise money yeah. um, and you're of a, you, know, you fit somewhere between Cochlear and, and, and Flight Centre, you know, the, the dilution for existing shareholders is going to be very, very large. There's going to be a lot of pain out there. For institutional investors and uh, private equity players, the, the, these are godsend times yeah. because they're, they're going to walk in and you know, they'll say, how much? And how big is the discount? Yep. So um, there's a lot more. There's a lot more to. Fl- I mean, there's mandates whizzing around town as we oh, speak. I know it's huge. Um, and it's going to be that way for the next um, the next three or four months at the very yep. least. What do you reckon, Mark? Yeah, no, no, I agree. And I think um, there's no rush to do anything. I don't think until we uh, sort of hit peak uh, virus, we haven't even had the impact of the economic damage yet. I think it's way too soon to get excited about anything. That's one of the reasons why. I'm putting very, very low prices on anything I'm going to buy because I'm going to preserve my cash you know, to get the best value okay. I can. And I'm not suggesting you can pick the bottom, but I think the the uh, we haven't seen anything like the end of this yet. You know, so so I think it's premature. Like so far, I bought some retailers. I bought AX1 and Nick Scarly, which I thought were you know really overly smashed, and I'm now down to 40% on those those purchases. <laughs> yeah. but, just, just remember they were buying it after they, they got smashed. Right. <laughs> so it's too Ma- soon. I only put my toe in the water, and I'm micro dosing, so I'm only putting small amounts in, and uh, I'm doing small. So I'm not. I'm, I've got, got, got a healthy, healthy cash balance, which I'm raring to go. But I think it's going to take a while. Okay. You just got to remember that ancient Chinese proverb, Mark: "Man who picks bottom gets smelly finger." <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for that. Really appreciate your time. Kim Sader, Managing Director of Kimber Capital, and also Mark Morland from Team Invest joining us today on the call. We will see you same time tomorrow at midday, midday to 1pm every trading day. You send in the 10 stocks that you'd like us to review. We put them to our expert panel. You can send your suggestions. Email the call at osbiz.com.au or through Twitter at AusBizTV. See you at the same time tomorrow.
Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.